We're online at WRQK.com. If you missed yesterday, you can podcast that there. Today is New Tour Tuesday coming up at 9 o'clock. Brought to you by the Hard Rock Roxino there. New Chris Brown, new Justin Timberlake featuring Chris Stapleton, and new Andrew WK. Excited. Are you excited? I can't wait to hear new Andrew WK. I don't know. <laughs> I can't wait. I feel like we heard Andrew WK. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't know if the white jeans, white t-shirt is still the thing. There's a reason why there's only been one song in the past 20 years. Yes. I mean, like, yes, there is. But maybe this will be song number two. Who knows? I, uh, I, well, I vote early without having heard it. No, is will be my, <laughs> my, my vote. Is that, do I think that will happen? No. Coming up at 7 o'clock, we'll have some uh, Johnny Manziel audio for you. I, I, I don't want to go too far into this right now, but I will say that, dude, as a naysayer on Manziel early, and uh, as the Browns quarterback, I was vocal, very vocal, um, about the problems. I was early about his problems. People told me I was crazy for thinking it was drugs and alcohol. You think you know everything, and it turns out, well, I did know that. And um, But I was vocal about it. But if he's going to get his life turned around, I'm all for it. I was anti him, the Browns quarterback. I'm not anti Johnny Manziel as a human. So we here at the Stansbury Show will root for him 7 o'clock. We'll go. play you some audio on that. Romance scams are, uh, are obviously abound as Valentine's Day, I believe, tomorrow, right? Uh, yeah, the 14th. So that'd be tomorrow. So uh, you and your girlfriend, you've been mm-hmm. together like a while now. So like I'm guessing you, it's not necessarily important that you go to dinner on the actual day of Valentine's Day. I don't know when this happened, but it was early in our relationship because I don't think at any point has she made a big deal about Valentine's Day. And when I say like, oh, you know, she says, oh, I don't want anything. Um, she's very like made it clear of like, no, that's a waste of money. Like, what are we doing that for? Like, I know you love me. Um, no. So like tomorrow it won't be like, all right, we got to go out to eat because that's, I mean, dude, you're committing your relationship suicide at that point. You know what I mean? Like at that point you're going out on Valentine's day, the busiest day. She's going to be like, well, I want to go here and I'm going to be like, babe, look at the line there. I'm not waiting two hours for dinner. And she's going to be like, well, if you really love it. So, so like, uh, thank God we don't have to go do that tomorrow. I would imagine it just causes more more arguments, right? I would say so. I mean, don't get me wrong. I understand there's a nice sentiment to it. Tomorrow, by the way, people, is a hands above the belt holiday. Oh, dude, it's one of the originals, right? That's one of the original hands above the belt holidays. That one, Christmas, Mother's Day. It's like, those are like, (laughs) those are the big three. Those are are the big three. That's the Paul Pierce, you know what I mean? Big three version. I, um, I, I, I have relatively low expectations for it. I think we'll do something over the weekend because we have, uh, we have this upcoming Monday off. So, uh, we do? Yeah, we have President's Day off. What? President's Day. We've got it off. Dude, I don't know why our company does this. Dude, but, America's soft. Well, I mean, our, our our company, there's plenty of businesses out there that are like, no, get your ass to work. But our company over the last two years has just been like, oh, if it's a holiday, any holiday, you guys get it off. If it's nice, I'll take it. You know why? <laughs> I, I do not know why. <laughs> Because they're going to padlock the door. <laughs> just giving us a little bit of buffer zone there. Like, just, right, yeah, guys. the last two years. Just, you know what? Any day they want. Just kick, you know, kick your feet up. And, dude, honestly, I bet when we show up Tuesday, it's like chained and we can't get in. <laughs> so, yeah. So, I would assume over the weekend we'll have something going on there. But, uh, but no, 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 no big Valentine's Day plans. Will you exchange gifts tomorrow? No, no, no gifts. No, nothing like that. Kicks. I think it'll probably be like, it'll be dinner. It'll, we'll go out to eat. Um, we'll have, like. But, again, not tomorrow. 
tomorrow night. No, 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 over no, the no. But over the weekend, we'll go out to eat. Um, there'll be like, all right, it'll probably be where do you, you know, where do you want to go? She'll pick, and then it'll be like, all right, let's go home and have sex. That'll be the the Valentine's Day celebration. Maybe it'll be like sex by candlelight. You know what I mean? Like maybe, 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 maybe lingerie. Maybe it'll just be like, all right, go ahead and do it. Or maybe it'll be like, all right, hey, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go get all done up. I don't mean to judge you. Okay. Okay. But I think that you and your girlfriend should go have dinner tomorrow night. Okay. I think it's the actual I, night. Of, terrible idea. <laughs> it's the actual night of Valentine's Day, right. and your girlfriend's favorite restaurant will be no busier tomorrow than it is in any other time. No, Golden Corral is Golden Corral. My girlfriend loves the GC. Dude. She loves, loves the GC. The GC. She loves it, and I'm telling you, I think you could get in and out of the corral tomorrow. I don't know, is it Rib Night or something? I probably but, is, but I, dude. But I, I bet like- you a dollar they have some sort of like hoity-toity Valentine's Day thing going on. I well, bet you candles on the table at the GC. Isn't tomorrow. it? I think it's Wendy's, right? There's like one like quick service place that does like I if think they do a lot like of them a- do now. I think like I think like um like Golden or not Golden Corral, uh, 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 not IHOP, not Waffle or uh, Waffle House. Yeah, they do it now. Oh yeah, Waffle House is doing mm-hmm. something. Yeah, there's one of those right there on Cleveland. Yeah, could do that. Yeah, maybe maybe that's the move right there. You no, dude. I, honestly, I, I can't think of anything I would I would I would rather do less than that than go out to dinner tomorrow night. Like, it I seems can, like a mess. I can remember being a server, like I, like being a waiter during those times. And dude, don't get me wrong, it's nice because like you make a ton of money in one night. Um, but at the same time, it's just like people have these unrealistic expectations of what's going to happen and what you're going to be able to do. And it's like, dude, you waited you waited here for an hour to get a table. You think you're just going to get your mozzarella? Sticks out here in five minutes. Like, come on, guy. You know there's a backup in the kitchen right now. It's the romantic New Year's Eve. Exactly. These super high expectations that are never going to be no achieved. No payoff. Right. Never going to be achieved. No right payoff. Hey, as a matter of fact, the last time I went out for Valentine's Day with like a girlfriend type thing, honestly, we both ate so much at the restaurant. Right. We went home and neither one of us felt like sex. We're right. like, dude, no. I'm just, uh, dude, I'm carved. I'm carved <laughs> out. I can't do it. Um, I know uh, I know the chocolate bar will be bumping tomorrow. So oh, yeah, if, it will. If you're looking for somewhere to stop in quickly or maybe have a drink after. Um, and Are I you know, working tomorrow? No, night? I am not working tomorrow. I'm working this weekend, but I am not working tomorrow. That might be a mistake. I, uh, yeah, you got you know, you to go with the schedule that they give you there. They didn't ask. Well, you- they've got other quality bartenders there. I don't know if I necessarily Scott, uh, are you stupid? I don't know if I necessarily can make the cut. Um, but, but Wow, that's a dumb move on their part. But it uh, it, it should be bumping tomorrow, and I know tonight they have like a ladies' night thing with uh, with $2 off martinis, so, uh, you know, chocolate bar. Good Valentine's Day destination. Yeah, I haven't been there yet. I should I, I should probably do that. It's worth the stop, dude. It really is. You know is. what I might do if we're off Monday? What's I that? feel like Sunday night might be the move there. Sunday closed. They're closed oh, well then maybe not. Maybe not. <laughs> So today's Fat Tuesday. Yeah. And uh so I'm 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 patiently awaiting the and I hate this word more than anything in the world. Fantel will tell you. Like if I go through a drive through and like something's got a weird name, you better hope there's a number associated with it or I'm not ordering it. Even if I want it. Which is so strange, dude. Seansbury's such a sucker for like marketing. Uh, yes. Like and I I feel the same way where you, you really know, are. We're advertised people like As seen on TV, Fantel oh, wants it. I want it. But I, he's got a tack like But 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 <laughs> Stansbury very much will, you know, oh I gotta have that. I gotta have that. Any and, new fast food item I want it. Unless it has a stupid name. And if it's got the weird name or something I don't want to say, I just have a hard time with it. Okay. Give me numbers. Okay. Right? But is it punchkey? Is that the the, the the yeah the punchkey? I the think punchkey? I just I can't even do it. <laughs> I can't even do it. I just feel so awful even having that word come out of my mouth. I, dude, they're not that good. That's the thing. Is give me a jelly donut over those. I tend to agree. Like, but I've always felt like. 
like every time, because normally do you work at a radio station, there's some bakery that wants yeah, you to have them, right? right? And so like they'll deliver them to the radio station or whatever. Hint. And then like you'll pick it up. And uh, hint. Hey, you hint, hint, right hint. All right. All right. And you'll pick it up and you'll eat it. And you'll, I'm always like, well... I mean, you got to talk about how good it right, is. Right, it's so delicious. <laughs> oh, my gosh. But at the end of the day, I'm like, dude, just take me to Dunkin' and get me a jelly donut. Yeah. That's what I want. That's what I want. Just <laughs> take me to 100%. Dunkin' Donuts. Just take me to one of those. Something happened in the NBA the other night that I don't know if it's normal or not. Fantone's a much deeper NBA fan than I am, but something happened with Golden State the other night that I think is weird, and we'll find out if it's routine or not. That will happen next on Rock 106. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sansbury Show on Rock 106.9. We're also online for you at WRQK.com. I just had to ask Fantone what a king cake is because I completely forget. I, I had forgotten what a king cake was. Like an angel food cake with a baby up in it. I mean, angel food cake's good. Why has yeah. there got to be a baby in it? I don't know. I think if you like get the piece with the baby in it, you're supposed to have good luck or you win something that day. or like I don't know. I don't know what the significance of the baby is. Man, and people laugh at Scientology. You know what I mean? All this stuff's crazy. All of it's nuts. Having been on Bourbon Street in New Orleans for Fat Tuesday, like everybody thinks today's the day. Today's not the day. Yesterday's the day. If you go to New Orleans for Mardi Gras, yesterday's the day. Tonight at midnight, like the cops lock arms and they kick everybody out of the street. You're not even allowed to be on Bourbon after midnight. I know uh I know every year that's a rap does like a special Mardi Gras menu and it's been really good in the past and I, I think I saw like them sharing it yesterday, so uh that might be the lunch move today. Ooh. They are often the lunch move. I know they've got like gator bites and like other like I don't know, like Cajun style foods that they uh they specifically do just for today. Is that so right? yeah. I uh, you know it makes me do a little research on that, see what see what's what. I like that place a lot. It's delicious. It's one of my favorite places to have lunch downtown for sure. So if they're doing that, I probably will do that today. So something happened the other night in the NBA, and I don't know if this is common or not. I don't watch enough NBA games to know. But I would imagine, I mean I pay attention to enough stuff. To where I think I would have heard of this if this was like a common thing, but maybe not. Right. Apparently, Steve Kerr just allowed his players to coach themselves. They were playing the Phoenix Suns, which I don't think are very good, right? Terrible. Like, they're not good. Yeah, arguably the worst team in the league. I mean, uh, definitely amongst the worst of the of the. Okay, the so they're not there. good. They're terrible. Right? So my guess here, then what? Golden State kind of blowing them out? I think it was a 30-point win yesterday, wow. so 30-plus points there. Okay, so like they're obviously up big, and Steve says, ah, I'm not going to do my job. I'm just going to let the players coach? No, it was throughout the game this was happening. Throughout um, the game? Throughout the game this was happening. The first time it happened, during the first time out, um, the Suns were actually up in the first quarter. Now, granted, it's the first quarter, and any, any basketball team recognizes you have a lot of time left to play. Um, but the part of the problem is here, and I'm trying really, really hard to separate myself from this because anything the Warriors do, I automatically hate. Doesn't matter if it's good, if it's great, if it's a smart move, if it's sure. a, I, I do, and it's an irrational thing. And like, I mean, I, 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 I no longer have a Brita water filter because Steph Curry endorses it. I don't use right guard sport or deodorant because Steph Curry does it. I won't, you know what I'm saying? Like things like that. I, I like, I'm like, no, bro, I'm out on this. So I'm very much trying to separate my hatred for them. That's a little far. I know it is, dude. That's I know, a little I know far. it is, dude. I know it is. Dude, I love my Brita. That thing's fantastic. I, I, I've, I've, I've tried to separate my 
my hatred for them and and what they did here. Um, do I think it's disrespectful in a way? Yeah, but sons, it's up to you to be better. And that's kind of where I stand on it is like Steve Kerr wouldn't have done this with a team that he respected. And what was happening essentially, Draymond Green's hurt right now. And it's a finger injury, so it's not like anything that's going to like keep him, you know, keep him from playing in the future. Um, but what would happen is, you know, instead of Steve Kerr sitting down there with the grease board kind of saying like, all right, hey, this is what we need to do as a team. This is what we need to focus on. It was Draymond Green sitting there barking at the other guys, kind of telling them that this is what we need to do. I mean, he does that on the floor. Yes, yes. I, 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 I mean, I, he's kind of the floor general. I guess when it, it gets to the when it gets to the to the huddle, that's kind of where to me it's like, well, this is where you're supposed to, you know. I want to say that you shouldn't do this, right? But they beat. I'm looking at it right now. They beat the Suns by 46. So why shouldn't they? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, I, I mean, at that point. Is is if if the victory is like the ultimate cologne, and we've we've talked about that many of times, is there anything you can do that's disrespectful, or is it like, dude, get better and beat me? Because if that's the argument, then yes, you you know. I remember during the football season, right? Wasn't it um, what's his name, Beast Mode, in in, in Oakland? He was kind of like dancing on the sideline as they were like whooping somebody's ass, and right. everybody called that you know disrespectful. And I remember saying, Nah, dude, it's up to the other team to to be to, to stop him from dancing. Right? Like, wasn't it somebody that we got all pissed off? Somebody stepped into like the Ohio State. Oh, and everybody was pissed Baker about Mayfield. Baker Mayfield. Yeah, yeah, Baker yeah, Mayfield yeah. like planted the Oklahoma flag, and I remember saying as an as an Ohio State fan, dude, you're <laughs> supposed to beat Baker Mayfield. Be better, and he feels like you're the dragon. Like Ohio State's the dragon, he slayed the dragon, and there's going to be some celebrating in that. I didn't love it, of course, as an Ohio State fan, but I don't think it's like the worst thing in the world either. Like I, people want to be mean to Baker Mayfield for a lot of weird reasons. I, I guess maybe if, even if the disrespect wasn't intended, like it's okay, I guess, in competition to be disrespectful of each other in ways. You know what I'm saying? It's not like you're going out there and saying, like, yo, F your family. Well, where do we draw the line on disrespectful to your opponent? Like, that's because I'm with you because there are going to be people today who are soft who say, you know, just because you can beat a team by 46, should you? I mean, it's kind of mean. Like, that's what people are going to say. Professional athletes. That's what what I'm. Yes, it's not little league. This isn't t-ball. Right. I was going to say when we're talking about nine-year-olds, then maybe you have an argument. Don't run up scores. Now there's going to be people that say to you in that, well, like, hey, dude, get better as a nine-year-old. Get your get your get your act together. And like, well, they've been doing that forever, though. The home run rule has been you know part of little leagues even since when I was a kid. I mean, do do you think do you think that was you know softening of little league? I I don't think so. Because there's people who there's people. I mean, honest to God, like you know, I'll go watch my nephews play baseball or whatever like that. One of my nephews is old enough where it's like kid pitch. The other one, it's like, dude, these kids, most of these kids don't even know what to do once they get a hit. They don't even know what to do, like what the Running next, up the third baseline right, and what stuff. the next step is. <laughs> yeah. But there's parents there who are like keeping score, and I'm sitting there like, dude, are you guys kidding me? Like these are four and five-year-olds out here running around the T-ball bases. Coaches aren't keeping score. The officials aren't keeping score. But you're sitting there with a little book keeping score. And I'm like, how, how terrible is your life if this is all you have is your child winning a, a, a T-ball game? I I think they should keep score. You think so? Yeah, I think you should. I think it's important so, to show people that competition is done for a reason. So don't run up the score, but keep the score? I think there's a difference between, yes, recognizing the fact that you won and lost, and then just flat out being embarrassed as a child. There is a difference. You should not be embarrassed losing 6-4. to four. But you could be embarrassed losing 20 to nothing. Even if the coach is like, hey, I'm not trying to run it up. My kids are just better than your kids. Well, then that can happen. I mean, that can happen. You know what I mean? But you can definitely tell in Little League when a coach is like trying 
to net, to run up the score, and I worry about the fact that that's about the length of his penis. I um, I, I, I do. I I, I, I want to, I want or to lack be, thereof. I want to be pissed at the Warriors about this. I want to hate it. I want to scream and be like, "Dude, I have to have the Warriors," but like, I can't. I, I I can't. It's not the it's not the greatest look in the world, but at the same time, dude, you want your guys to be leaders. You want Draymond Green to understand the game, and if he can't be out there playing right now, you can have him uh, under like looking at you know at it from a coach's perspective. I get that. Couldn't Steve Kerr also make the argument that I'm training my guys to be future coaches in the NBA? At the very least, I'm giving them a better perspective on the game, yes. Yes, I, I, of course you could. And it's kind of his job as a head coach to usher these men into the into the into this part of their career and maybe the next part. And so I don't love it. There is part of this. And if I was on the Suns, I would hate this. Yeah. But ultimately, I would be the guy in the locker room that's like, guys, we just got blown up by 46. Right. This is not because Draymond Green was on the clipboard. If they want to have the mascot be on the clipboard, whatever, we are the ones who got blown out by 46 there. I agree with you 100% on that. It's one of these things where, I, again, though, I just feel, and I was making this point the other day, and people think I'm crazy. I think the NBA's in trouble. I really do. I don't think they're in trouble right now. I think they might be in trouble within the next 10 years. And I will, before I finish my point, I will tell you that once upon a time, golf was the most popular sport in America, the most profitable sport on television. There was also a time in this country where that was true of Major League Baseball. It is not true anymore. All these things, pride cometh before the fall. And I feel like there is a lot of pride in the NBA right now in that regard. Where it's like, dude, LeBron is a deodorant that covers up a lot of stench in this league. He sa- Dude, LeBron saved the NBA for the last 15 years. When that dude retires, I think you were going... There's two. There are only two really good teams in the league, and the Cavs just got good. Like They were good for one game. Everybody else in the league is a complete and utter disaster. It's a league full of average. If the Cleveland Browns were the best team in, or the second best team in the NFL, you would be telling yourselves that the NFL's got a serious problem on its hands. And dude, the Cavs aren't all that great, and they're the second best team in the league. You can talk to me about records. We all know it'll be the Cavs and the Warriors in the end. Ultimately, I'm not sure that that's what's best for the NBA. More Stansberry Show right around the corner. Hang on. Hope you boys brought popcorn. The Stansberry Show. Because I'm about to put on a show. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. Online for you, WRQK.com. Coming up at 9 o'clock, it's New Tour Tuesday, New Chris Brown, New Timberlake featuring Stapleton, and New Andrew WK. Yikes. I just, I don't have a, I don't have a lot of high hopes on the Andrew WK. I'm a fan. I like Andrew. Uh, he was a great interview when I had him on. Uh, he was willing to give you really good answers. I said yesterday about Andrew WK, it was a lot like when you found out D. Snyder during the PRMC hearings. It's like, oh, dude, this guy's not some idiot rock star. Like, this guy knows his stuff. Like, because Andrew kind of comes off like an idiot, and the song was Party Hard, so you're like, okay, he's going to be a moron. And then you put him on the air, and you're like, oh, no, this guy knows stuff. I uh, I feel like Andrew WK and D. Snyder, I feel like they have a lot of similarities. Like, just a lot of very, you know... That's fair. Not, uh, not, not all that much success, but somehow or another have been able to remain very relevant. Um, I, feel I mean, like, D. just sold out the Hard Rock not that long. I feel like Party Hard could have been a Twisted Sister song. Like, you just put D. Snyder singing that, and what difference does it make? Oh, I'm willing to bet a lot of those 80s, like, hair strip bands heard Party Hard when it came out and said, Son of a bitch. This guy just stole our gimmick. Right. He just... <laughs> He just stole our whole gimmick. <laughs> what this guy do? Absolutely. I would agree. So I'm uh, interested to hear that. We'll also have some Manziel audio for you coming up at 7 o'clock. I have been a uh, naysayer 
on Johnny Manziel, but if the dude's going to get his life turned around, he's got a huge fan in me, and I'm rooting for him. And I would even like to see an NFL comeback. I don't think you will, but I um, but I would be all open for it. I just, dude, I knew he was trouble when he was with the Browns, but that was then. This is now. If the dude's going to get his life turned around, I'm all for it. I may have to, uh, I may have to schedule a um, a doctor's appointment. All right. It was again yesterday where I just went home and I felt all right during the show, and then I went home and I've just been like. Early to mid afternoon, I've just been like run down. Like even if I get a ton of sleep the night before, I'm just like, oh my god, I just feel like like there's no charge in this battery. Now we've talked about this plenty of times in the past, where when you wake up before five a.m., there's just an inherent amount of tired that comes with it. By is one it, p.m., you're just a pissy jerk. Is it is it different than that it's, natural? So it's worse than I'm noticing it. So okay. my guess is that I'm that it that it must be different. Okay. you know what I mean? Because okay. we've been doing this now like four years, so yeah. like I'm kind of used to that. Yeah, but there's but it no, it's like yesterday. I remember I was just like sitting on the couch. I was like kind of watching something on YouTube or whatever and I was just like oh my god like I just feel bad like I'm just like run down and so I've been putting it off putting it off putting it off but but I think I'm gonna make an appointment and go see the doctor and I'm glad because I read this where they're saying that the current strain of the flu is going to outpace the outbreak of swine flu which swept the globe back in 2009 and uh, parts of 2010, which, if I'm reading this right at Fortune.com, they're telling me that swine flu sickened 60.8 million Americans. Not worldwide, that's Americans. Yeah, I remember people, I mean, just losing their minds over that. Yeah, like not in, yeah in 2009 probably. Hospitalized 275,000 people and killed just under 13,000. Wow. That's according to CDC data. And, and they're saying this is going to outpace it? Yes. Wow. Deaths from the current outbreak will, li- will likely far outstrip those of the 2009-2010 season. They're saying now, if I'm reading this right, the CDC, that the, that the current flu strain is killing 4,000 Americans a week. Wow. Dude, I'll put that put that on anything else. Put that on 4,000 gun deaths, 4,000 car deaths, 4,000 anything. Why else. is this not front page news? Wow. Why? I know the news. I know if I go search, I'm going to be able to find flu you know, articles, and I'm sure it's been on TV a little bit. But this 4,000 Americans a week, wow. and they're not ringing the bell on this every 10 minutes. It's still Russia, Russia, Russia. And it's like, dude, this is killing 4,000 Americans a week, and our journalists are asleep at the goddamn wheel. Like, dude, this is a big, big deal. I, I, I guess, I mean, don't get me wrong, this is obviously news. I mean, like, are you looking at uh, at them to encourage people to wash their hands, to get a flu shot? I mean, like, maybe yes. there's, is, there, is there a little bit of like, well, what, do you, what do you want us to do? I think you need to keep telling people the numbers. I think every day in a half hour news broadcast, there's enough time for at least in the C block of the final of the final, you know, segment or whatever. To, that's what the C block is, is to give people like this information. There were 41,000 deaths in the U.S. during the third week of 2018. That's the most recent data available. 4,100 were from pneumonia or influenza, according to the CDC data. The number for that week is expected to rise as they're collecting more information. 4,000 Americans a week are dying over the flu. This, honestly, this should be the biggest news story every single day. And it's not. I, um, I, I, I've definitely seen people talking. But what about the presidential portrait? 
I know that people have been talking about um, a, a universal um, flu shot because a part of the problem this year is that the flu shot just wasn't very effective about the f- uh, for the flu strain that really kind of took off. Like, you know, it, there's multiple strains, and I think they give you three at a time per flu shot, and that's just kind of a guess of like, hey, this is what we think is going to be the most predominant flu g- strain this year, right. and I guess this year they just guessed wrong, or they the, the research that and I don't want to say guess, like they just like randomly right. crapshooted it but like their predictions were wrong so i think that's a big part of the problem is even people that got the flu shot are still getting sick uh the agency cdc reported another 10 deaths among kids recently bringing the total to 63 thus far um they've had no other medical conditions and it would place them in the high risk category of those 63 under 20 percent were vaccinated for the flu i i think this is kind of i guess sad like but I, I think this is a part of the reason why it's probably not as popular or i guess not getting as much like media attention as you think it should is because there's no like name for it where when it was the swine flu it was very easy to write a headline of like you know bird flu pig, swine flu right right pigs bite back or the bacon bites back and you know the flu virus sweeps america you're right where now it's just like flu and there's no like there's nothing to like punt it up and well it's you know you're absolutely right about that Fantone because what happens in this country is is you get the sniffles and people go oh you got the flu where no you don't the flu is something completely different but the word flu has been sold to us as if you're sick you have the flu there's that one commercial I can't remember what it's for uh, that runs on here and they're like the difference between a cold and a flu is the flu has a fever and I was like I didn't know that I didn't know that either I saw the commercial too I was like wow and how many people have diarrhea and puke and say oh I've got the stomach flu and it's like no you don't that's not the flu at all you've got something else entirely different going on but you're right flu is very much an umbrella term to us it's it's like like iPod right no matter what kind of mp3 player you have you tell people you have an iPod 4,000 Americans a week, 63 kids died. And this is not like, and they're not constantly on the news about this. Russia, Russia, Russia. No, dude, the flu's killing 4,000 people a week. Start doing your goddamn jobs. We have some audio from Johnny Manziel. We'll give you that next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. All right, I like it. I like it a lot. Rock 106.9. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to The Stansberry Show. We're on Rock 106.9. Still to come at 9 o'clock, new Tour Tuesday, new Chris Brown, new Timberlake featuring Stapleton, and new Andrew WK. I can't wait to hear the Andrew WK. I can't wait to hear the Timberlake putting a dipper and getting the dust kicked up one time. I what like is it. he doing? Like, the new album's called Man of the Woods or something, and, yeah. like, he was wearing, like, I, I, you know, a bunch of, like, I don't know, like, the hunting gear at the Super Bowl. and Big old dipper. Get the thing stuck one time, Stansberry. Come out. I don't, I don't understand what's going on with Timberlake there, but whatever. I mean, you can't argue with his success. He, um, he, uh, you know, from the South, from Tennessee, and like, I think he's like, hey, this is the music I grew up listening to, and this is, you know, what I've always kind of wanted to do. Oh, the Aaron Lewis. Yeah, you know, okay. hey, you know, and, and, and you gotta, you know, I guess sort of respect that, I guess. One of the other NSYNC guys came out the other day and said that the reunion is very close to happening. Which you got to imagine. I mean, if you're not Timberlake, because he doesn't need it. Right. Like, he's the only one that doesn't need it. The right. rest of those guys are all sitting there going, come on, Justin. Come on, dude. Let's do this. Let's do it. Yeah, Joey Fatone is like a game show host or something like that. But other than that, I don't think any of those dudes have really, like, made anything out of themselves, like, music-wise. I always get uh, the groups confused. Is 
Well, Aaron Carter was a Backstreet Boy, right? Yeah, I think so. Because he's the one that's accused of rape right I think now. he was the brother of a Backstreet Boy. No, that's Aaron Carter. Oh, so who'd you say? Oh, maybe I did say Aaron Carter. Yeah. Nick Carter. That was a Backstreet Boy. That's a, that's, you're right. I did say Aaron Carter. My bad. Nick Carter was the Backstreet Boy and I believe is under rape allegations right now. We're not laughing at the rape. He's laughing no, at me no. knowing the names of Backstreet yeah, Boys. That's what, that's what he's laughing at. Dude, the Rock Morning Show. We just rock. No, which Backstreet Boy was that? <laughs> We're playing Synchronicity 2 in like an hour. So like it just rocks. I feel like the curtain's been pulled back on that one just a tad. Just a tad. All right. It was uh, it was me. Early, out there early, telling you, Johnny Manziel, NFL bust. I told you. I told you the entire time. This dude is a waste. I, I made the claim that, dude, he knows he doesn't have the NFL ability, and that's where some of the problems are coming from. Yeah, I think if we even go back to prior to that draft, um, you were not in support of... I think we agreed day after that draft. It was like, well, you know, it was the 24th pick. Maybe it's worth seeing. But by the time it was really happening, yes, you were very early on the, eh, I'm not in on Johnny Manziel. I remember saying the night of the draft that I hate him at number four, but we got him at 22, and I feel like that's a bargain at 22. Yeah, it's worth a shot. It's right. worth a roll of the dice. You throw the, yep. right, you throw the dice on the table at 22. At four, it was a horrific pick. Okay. But I remember saying he's too small, he's undersized, he and but people he beat Alabama, he beat Nick Saban. Right. If you know Nick Saban and you know his defense, the kind of quarterback Johnny Manziel is will give his defense fits. And 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 I, Just there's, the there's really something to be said and something really to be celebrated when it comes to greatness in collegiate sports, man. There is something about oh my god, you're one of the best college football players of all time. That does not mean you're going to translate into the NFL. There's plenty of Tons examples of, those of that of guys who just you know for whatever reason, whether it was skills or, or circumstances or whatever, just weren't able to, to translate that. Vice that, versa too. Right. Right. Vice so versa like, too. So there's a ton of those. But I remember telling people early on, dude, this is drugs. This is booze. Yes, it is. And people were like, no, no, no. And I kept telling you, yes, I worked very closely with an addict, saw it every single day of my life, had my professional career negatively affected over the actions of an addict. And when that happens to you, you become hyper aware. My brother was also an alcoholic. There, You become hyper aware. And you start to see it. More and more of you are going to have to start to open your eyes to this now as like everybody in the world's on opiates. Right? And you're going to start to see this stuff, and it'll be easier for you to notice, too. Yeah, I mean, you guys really do need to open up your eyes to that, because there's plenty of people walking around. You're like, oh my god, is that guy a zombie? Nope, he's just built out right now. But everybody thought I was just a hater. Sansbury, you're just old, you're just mean, you're just bitter, you're just a hater. He's and all it, those things. And it's like, <laughs> no, I'm just the guy who takes the rose-colored glasses off and tells you the reality of what the situation is. He does not necessarily have next-level NFL talent. It was early on. Okay. Sure enough, Johnny kind of flames out. We find out it's drugs and booze. Surprise, Stansbury right, uh, you know, uh, again, like I always am, right? So if he flames out, totally does. And then people, miraculously, though, none of those people who called me an idiot or anything have ever stepped up and been like, hey, man, you were kind of right on that one. I never get that. I always get the hate. I never get the, oh, well, sorry we hated you for being right, you know, again. I never get that. It's weird. But... Johnny, since then, a couple of times has tried to clean up his act, okay? And this is what happens in this world, where people will not believe you until they've seen it for long stretches of time. Now, that's not the public's fault. That's the addict's fault. 
because the addict is the one who constantly lets you down. And so people start to go, no, dude, not getting burned again. Oh, dude, the broken trust of an addict, it's profound, dude. I mean, the ability and and, and the the hell you have to go through to reestablish trust with anyone in your life, I think that's one of the great challenges of addiction right there is reestablishing like, hey, I'm a credible person. It's why most people will relapse. Is because the, the, the so hard because they don't because they don't feel like what I'm doing it and you're not noticing right when in reality trust works like this years to build seconds to lose it's just the way it is right and Johnny why he worked in the first place and why people were willing to take a risk on him is because there is a likability factor about the kid there is there is and he's good at the mic thing like he can answer the questions he can talk a little bit and he can suck you in he's got a little bit of what do I want to say second son on him where it's like yeah you're a troublemaker but you're you're good looking and, oh, you're, you're, and you're charismatic and I want to I want to shake your head yeah, yeah exactly dude I mean that's exactly dust what the hair up has. oh you rascal right I like yeah but you make me laugh so I can't be that mad at you but Johnny's doing the media tour right now he's He's doing the mea culpa, trying to get out there and trying to, you know, find a second shot at it. We have a little audio. Let's take a listen. Watching other guys that are doing what I want to be doing, and I'm sitting on the couch being a loser. Menzel admits there's no one to blame but him. Run-ins with the law, a domestic assault charge that was dismissed in November after he agreed to attend an anger management course, and his well-documented partying and drinking, like this moment, captured by TMZ cameras. I had a sense of entitlement about what I had accomplished at the age that I had accomplished it. And no, I, I want to stop so right here. Ing- He's talking about how he has a sense of entitlement over what he accomplished. Now, I maintain that the sense of entitlement started well before that. Um, now, I don't know this, okay? So I'm just going to speculate a little bit. But he does come from, like, oil money, right? Like, that's what his, his grandfather's got, like, old, like, Texas oil money. I believe so, yeah. And so, like, dude, I think entitlement, when you have that much money, like, is it... Like, isn't he worth, like, $50 million? Uh, Yeah, I think, I mean, his family's definitely worth a lot of money. Like, yeah. not just like, okay, well, we've got some money and we're comfortable. Like, no, it's wealth. I mean, it's, it really is. Generational wealth. Um, and, and, yeah, I mean, I don't think it started necessarily at Texas A&M. It started well before that. I mean, this guy's been good at football, the best at football for his entire life yeah. up until the NFL. Until the NFL, he was probably the most talented person on the field every time he played. So, with that being said, you take that back to seventh grade, you take that back to Pop Warner Football League's, and it's like, yeah, Texas. Texas, right. And, Texas. You're, and you're a rich, good-looking kid. Like, yeah, dude, the world has been yours forever. Like, you know, it has. I, uh, I mean, this is a little nitpicky, but I don't really think Johnny Manziel is all that good-looking. I get what you mean. He's not like a he's not like an ogre, and he's got money, so he's probably like you know on average. But I don't think he's like a good looking athlete. I had a sense of entitlement about what I had accomplished at the age that I had accomplished it, and I got so ingrained only caring about what Johnny wanted. Even when I thought I was doing what I wanted, I was miserable. Menzel eventually entered rehab in 2015. He says he's had time to reflect, mature, and clean up. He got engaged to his girlfriend Bree Tiasi. He's been working out. That is not the woman that he assaulted in the hotel, right? I do not know. I, I don't know. I don't who, think I don't so. I, I, woman I, is. Yeah, I, I, I don't remember hearing her name, so I don't think so. Engaged to his girlfriend, Bree Tiasi. He's been working out, trying to convince a pro team to take a chance on him, and he's launched his own line of apparel. Is the goal of this comeback to get back into the NFL ultimately? That's the end goal, 100%. You have to tell me, are you still drinking? No. Not uh, drinking at all? I, I'm not. Because Here's the way I look at it. Going back throughout the last couple years of my life, I was self-medicating with alcohol. 
Like that's what I thought was making me happy and helped me get out of that depression to a point of where I felt like I had some sense of happiness. But at the end of the day, when you're left staring at the ceiling by yourself and you're back in that, that depression and back in that hole, that dark hole of sitting in a room by yourself, being super depressed, thinking about all the mistakes you've made in your life, what did that get me? Where did that get me except out of the NFL? Where did that get me disgraced? And I yep. went a solid five months until I really fell back into like a little bit of a depression where I didn't drink, I didn't do anything, but still, you know, I was going to therapy. And the difference that I know this year is I started taking a look at my mental health a little bit and making it a priority in my life and, and Brie making it a priority in my life to where I'm taking medication for bipolar and, and I'm working um, to try and make sure that I don't fall back into any type of depression because I know my problem with what he's saying is is that it's all right but if you've if you've been in like a group therapy section like if one of your family members is an addict or something like that and they kind of like do like the you know the family of an addict sessions if you've ever been to those these are the exact statements that they say to you and so it sounds regurgitated and again, he's good at this. And I don't want to be a naysayer on it. I don't. I really want this kid to pull his life together. But I just worry that he's just regurgitating what they say. I, what else is he supposed to do, though? Right. You I, know mean, what that, I mean, that's like, true. If, if you're buying into that mindset, if you're buying into like, hey, this is the plan that's going to work for me, of course you're going to regurgitate yeah. it because it's like, well, this is this is my credence right now. This is this is, this is well. What he's doing is he's telling himself this, right, not you. Right. That's what he's doing there, and that was true. It's just again, having worked closely with an addict, had some in my family, and start to that, you start to know what the numbers are, and it's like one out of eight people. Stay sober. Who, who, one out of eight who try to get sober, stay sober. The odds are wildly against you. It, it's not like your skepticism's unfounded. You know what I mean? It's not like it's like, oh, Especially Steve's, with him. He right. went to rehab, came back out and did the whole thing. And when Artie Lang came here and he didn't show up and he didn't do the thing, he told everybody in Akron he was going to call you. What did I say? I was like, he was on drugs. He kept saying, no, I wasn't. Turns out two weeks later, we find out Artie Lang was on drugs. To try and make sure that I don't fall back into any type of depression because I know where that leads me and I know how slippery of a slope that is for me. You're speaking very openly about things right now in your life that maybe you wouldn't have before. Um, and you, you said you're taking medication now, bipolar. When were you diagnosed with that? About a year ago, um, sometime around like June or July, I, I went to a facility in, in California. At the end of the day, I can't help that my wires are a little bit differently crossed than yours. I can't help my mental makeup of the way that I was created. But I know that if I stay on these meds and I continue to do what I'm doing right now, I think my, my dad, I think my mom, I, th I think Bree um, would all agree that they've seen um, addressed. Uh, uh, dude, a lot of people would make the argument that a new relationship while trying to be newly sober is not the way to go about it. That nine that that a lot of times that that is going to be the thing that that makes you falter and that you end up going back to the drugs. I don't now look. I don't know that. I don't know that that will be true of Johnny Manziel. I don't know that. I hope not. I know that the odds are against you. It's like a ninety percent failure rate of people who try to get sober. Now I'm not trying to discourage you if you want to. I'm just telling you that's how hard the road is. I, I mean, and I, I I guess it's just like well, I can hear those numbers and I can I can be discouraged by them or I can be determined by them. To be determined by right, them. right? So and like, that all depends on what you really want. At, at that point, you know. I, I'm not saying like, well, everyone just needs to give this guy the benefit of the doubt because at the end of the day, at this point, this guy's a private citizen. He's not an NFL player anymore. So there's a part of me that's like, dude, just go 
take, take care of you. Take you care of you. Like, what are we doing this for? The one thing I will pat him on the back and like kind of say, like, good job in this sense is that like by coming forward and kind of talking about having not only like, hey, I have addiction issues, I also have mental health issues. By saying that, I just feel like anytime somebody who's associated with a very masculine sport or, you know, in football, anytime you, you have the ability and the strength to say like, Hey man, dude, I've got some mental issues. I just feel like a lot of dudes don't want to say that. So for him to say that, I, I, you know, I'll pat him on the back. I feel like it's getting easier and easier, not easy today. Still, I would agree, but I feel like that's getting easier and easier as the years go. Good. I hope it does. Because I mean, that's just, I mean, dude, when we were growing up, that would have never been allowed. Like he would, dude, he would have been openly mocked by media sites. I think any men would have by saying like, Oh man, something's just wrong in my head. And let alone, a football player, let yeah. alone somebody trying to come back into the NFL. The um, the world really does have a misconception of what mental health is. And again, I, that that was one of my problems with the the NFL is that Brandon Marshall wanted to wear shoes to highlight mental health disorders in this country. The NFL find them, but we're allowed to kneel on the sideline and call the country and the you know the national anthem racist. That was my issue with the NFL. It's like, dude, fine, be a platform for guys to make statements, but then let them make statements on mental health too. Don't just call the country racist and then like, you know, risk the entire business model. Like don't do that. That was my problem. I'm all for Johnny returning. I don't think you'll see him in the NFL. I think he had marginal NFL talent no matter what. Drugs and alcohol aside, I think he was just but is he good enough probably to be a backup on a lot of these teams? Probably, yes. Ah, I don't know, dude. I don't see this happening. I mean, honestly, at this point, for him to try to get back into the NFL, um, he's how many years out from playing? Two? Three? Gotta be two. Two, at least. At least. And, right? I mean, I think. let's be real, a part of Johnny Manziel's talents was his athletic ability, and don't get me wrong, you're out there working lose out. Lose a little bit of it you every lose, day. You lose a step of it. Every you lose day. one yeah. step of it, and Johnny Manziel, all of a sudden, what was enough in, at Texas A&M, and enough for the Cleveland Browns, that ain't gonna be enough for a team that's really trying to have you. So, like, I think if it's not XFL, it's gonna be the Canadian Football League, or the Arena Football League, and, dude, I hope you go out there, and I, I, I hope you I hope you get to make a paycheck again doing the, you know, playing the sport you love, um, and I hope you get this all turned around, but I think there's no shot in hell he makes it back to the NFL. I think Vince needs to walk back the nobody that's ever had a run-in with the law, because I think Johnny Manziel right now is probably the most talented person you're going to put on an XFL team today. I know we got two years before they want to premiere or whatever, but Johnny Manziel is definitely one of the more talented people you could get for a secondary league. So, uh, Valentine's Day tomorrow, and apparently there are a ton of romance scams out there. We'll uh, make sure you stay scam-free tomorrow next on Rock 106. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show on Rock 106.9. 7.45, we'll pass out some Canton Charge tickets for you. 1-800-243-7625, the number you'll need on those. 9 o'clock, we'll send you to Los Angeles for the iHeartRadio Music Awards. And also, New Tour Tuesday and 9.30, Ozzy tickets for his show out of Blossom in September. Oh, stuff we got to do still. Here I am thinking, yeah, it's almost over. Still got plenty to do. Uh, Valentine's Day tomorrow. And experts are warning that these kinds of holidays, like the online scams and like the, the you know the scam people, are out in full force because they know your heart's kind of pumping right now. Yeah. Everybody can pull on your strings and that kind of thing. Desperation sets in at this time of year. It really does. Oh yeah. So the Ohio Attorney General's office says the con artist will eventually ask you for money, and these are the big ones that they claim. Right, a doctor working overseas who is robbed and needs money for a new passport. Jeez, dude, a doctor working overseas. Well, obviously have friends 
of monetary value and can call them and 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 have the money wired. And he just randomly got your email address. What are what, if, if you're falling for that? There's scams out there where I'm like, all right, that's a pretty good scam. But if you're falling for that in 2018, I have very little pity for you. An engineer building a bridge in India who was robbed and needs money to come home. A U.S. military member stationed overseas who needs money to buy a plane ticket. Now, I could see people wanting to believe that and fall for that one, right? Because you're like, oh, my God, I got to help the troops. I, I see how that could work. That's you wanting to believe a lie, though, because like I, like I said, where are these people just randomly getting your information and asking you for this help? Now, this is like, hey, you know, I knew this guy. In well, sometimes it's over the phone. And, and, and people are just, hey, I just randomly got your phone number, and hopefully maybe you can send me some money. I think it's a group that calls on behalf of the doctor. Here's the worst one. This one's the craziest one out of all of them, Fantone. A jeweler traveling in Africa, detained after trying to board a plane with a diamond. Bro, if you're harvesting diamonds out of the side of mountains, right. you've got more money than I do. Right. <laughs> I'm not giving you money. I've seen, I've seen blood diamond okay. before. I'm not helping you out. So here's how it works. The con artist will usually tell the person to send money using a wire transfer service, money order, or prepaid uh, like card, gift card, something like that. Right. All right. The attorney general says once the money is sent, it is nearly impossible to recover the money, what? meaning they may catch the person that does it. You're out the money, though. Nothing's going to happen. About 40 Ohioans reported losing money to these types of sweetheart scams last year. The average amount, the average amount, all right, the average amount lost in, in, in a scam like this. Give me a guess. 500 bucks. Oh, my God, dude. You couldn't be any further off. Okay. Dude, I'm telling you, 40 grand. Jesus, dude. Jesus, dude. 500 bucks felt like a lot to me. I was like, dude, come on. Nobody's giving up more than, nobody's giving up a comma's worth. But, dude, we're talking $40,000. We're talking about a salary's worth of money. Do you have $40,000? Like, what? No, right now? Of course not. Not even not even remotely close to it. Even if he did, he would have told me no because he knows I'm going to ask for something. <laughs> right, right, Dan. You know what I make. You know, like, we sit here as peers, dude. No, you know I don't have $40,000. Yes, Dan's very, I bartend at the chocolate bar because <laughs> right, I have $40,000. That extra money I have, dude. Yeah. Somebody sent me a picture of you bartending. It was like, get him a raise. And I and I responded back. I was like, dude, I'm bartending on Friday. Me first, like, me right. First. I'm bartending on Friday. Like, what are you kidding me? Get him a raise. Jesus. We're both out here with cups in our hands trying to make sure this show can be put on every day. And meanwhile, dude, people are swindling 40 grand out of, like, grandparents? And now that's what I was going to say is this is obviously older people, number one, because who else would fall for something like this? You know what I mean? Like, who now, else is going to get, but but who else has $40,000? They say that a lot of this stuff will happen because somebody will befriend you on, like, Facebook or Twitter or, like, one of these things. They'll start talking to you. You'll build up a little bit of a friendship, and then they ask. This isn't like they just call you out of the blue. See, I thought this whole thing was going to be, here's how, here's how women will, you know, Seduce your wallet. Seduce out of you, you, right, and then steal your wallet. The George Costanza style. They're gonna tie you to the bed and then do this. Or here's gonna be like a Tinder matchup that you, you know, hookup that you had, and they're gonna try to blackmail you because they know you're married or stuff like this. My brother was warning me about that in Vegas. He was like, Dan, he's like, don't use Tinder here. What are you nuts? He's like, Dan, this is, dude, this is Vegas. He's like, people are sharp here and they're out to hurt you. He's like, somebody's gonna lure you into their house and they're gonna rob you at gunpoint. And what are you gonna do? That was always one of the worst parts and you, you get into that desperate single mode and you're like oh my god I haven't been late in a month and what am I going to do and like alright Tinder it is but I was always so worried I was going to be like yo chick come on over here I don't know who you are and it was going to be her and three dudes and it was going to be like oh done dude done 
I uh, did I tell you my Tinder Vegas story? What happened? What happened? All right, you know we're, we're running up against it. Well, I'll, I'll you know I, I, on the other side of this, I'll tell you my Tinder vacation Christmas almost got laid, had to bail out story next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show, Canton's Rock Station, Rock 106.9. Hey guys, you got Sansbury here for North Canton Collision, the only pro first Honda and Acura certified collision. Yo, Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sansbury Show, Rock 106.9. We have some Canton charge tickets. We'll pass those out here momentarily. 1 800 243 7625, the number you will need on those. Do that here shortly. Uh, before the break, we were talking about romance scams that happen uh, around Valentine's Day about, you know, people building relationships with you and then calling and saying, dude, there's a doctor in Uganda that was harvesting mines and like, you know, lost a diamond and he needs a passport. And like the average amount of money lifted off of somebody was 40 grand. Who the hell has $40,000? Old people, dude. That's it. I mean, that's the only people, dude. It's the baby boomers. What that's I it. worry right now is that people listening to us go. Well, dude, we weren't on drugs half of our lives, so we've been working since we were 15. We all have that money. Love to see it. Love to see it. If you've got $40,000, I'll pat you on the back. God, I don't. Yeah, I'm not even close. Dude, if I had $40,000 in the bank, I don't think you could have got me here today. (laughs) (laughs) I think I would have woke up and been like, nah, I don't think I'm doing that today. This will will last me the rest of my life, right? $40,000? I'll be fine. Remember who? Oh, my God. What was? Do you remember the amount of money that was when we were talking? To, he no longer works here, but there was a guy who worked here who I always said about he had two brain cells and they were both looking for the other one. <laughs> they, they both spent all day looking for the other one. And I remember something. It was like we were given It was during one of the cash contests. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe it's $1,000 or something and like that. He was like, I'd quit my job. And I was like, uh, I don't think you're going to go real far on that one. But that was a guy who had to like map quests here, his you know way here every day. We were talking romance scams, and then, you know, Fantone brought up Tinder. And I don't think I told this story since coming back from uh, Vegas for Christmas, but my brother's like, dude, what are you doing? And I was like, I don't know, dude. I was like, I'm kind of like surfing Tinder. And my brother's like, Dan, this is Las Vegas, bro. He was like, I'm telling you, you're going to get, he's like, this is a hustler's town. He's like, people are out to hurt you at every turn here. And he's right. Vegas is one of those towns. You got to just keep your head on a swivel, dude, because every good thief, con man, you know, gambling addict in the world, they're they're just all right there. Yeah, I mean, true. Anywhere you go, you should kind of be, you know, worried about people trying to get one up on you. But especially in Vegas, just because everybody there is in vacation mode and criminals know when you're in vacation mode, you become, unaware. A, you become an easy mark at that point. Absolutely. You, be- you become very, you know, hey, I'm comfortable and I'm never going to lose anything. And then all of a sudden, where's my wallet? Exactly. So I was on the couch and he's like, and I said, dude, it's like, I find, I was like, dude, I'm going to go see this girl, you know? And he's like, let me see your phone. And he, uh, he's like, ask her. He's like, so you know where she is, right? I said, yeah. He said, well, where is she? So I told him, and if you know Vegas, my brother lives in Centennial Hills, which is pretty, I mean, it's nicer. It's not, he used to live in Summerlin, which is like the real nice neighborhood in Las Vegas, but they moved out, got too crowded. Centennial Hills is a little north of the city, right? And so I tell him where she is. And my brother's like, Dan, that is the hood of Las Vegas. He was like, which again, this is a city, bro. This isn't a town. He's like, that's he's like, that's gonna be rough over there. He's like, like I would. He's like, his wife's name's Roxanne. He's like, I wouldn't rock, want Roxanne driving through there at night. I said, okay. I said, well, David, you know, I'm a man or whatever. I'll be fine, whatever. 
And my brother's like, dude, if you have to call me to come get you because some like gangster has you held by your feet over a fence, he's like, I'm not doing it. He's like, because I told you. He's like, and I'm not coming to rescue your ass, right? So he's like, yeah, but take, you know, he was like, and they have like three different cars. He's like, take the junk car in case somebody steals it outside. He's like, I don't want my, he's like, I don't want my nice car getting stolen. And I was like, it's that bad over there? He's like, Daniel, wait till you get there, right? So I drive all the way over to this woman's house. And sure enough, you know, when you start to drive through the ghetto, you're like, oh God, things are different. Liquor store, liquor store, liquor store. Like, geez, this might not be great, right? And so I pull into like the street in the neighborhood or whatever, and every window's got bars on it. There's cars parked sideways in the front yard and all this stuff. And this woman opens the door. And there's just, and it's late. It's like one o'clock in the morning, right? And it's, there's just babies crawling around. <laughs> just, you know, <laughs> dude, I'm serious. Not baby, babies. Like there was like three babies, no pen, no nothing. <laughs> just like full diapers. You can smell baby, you know, crap all throughout the apartment. And dude, there's just piles of trash everywhere. Jeez. We turn the corner and there's a human being laying on a mattress in the hall. <laughs> And I just, at this point, I was like, I don't know what to do, right? Because the rest of your body, 99% of you is going, run. Yeah, out, get out, get out. What are you doing? You're going to die. And my penis is like, in 10 minutes, run. (laughs) And I was like stuck with this. How do I, and I, I I could tell I offended her because she was like looking to like have this happen in the living room. And With the baby's crawling around. And I was like, there are three babies. No clothes, just diapers, nothing. One o'clock in the morning, they're all awake, by the way. And they're all just like crawling around the living room. She's like, yeah. And she goes and does, it looked like a scene from a sitcom. She takes her hands and shoves everything off the couch to the one end. And like gives me that come hither kind of like look. And I was like, no way. Am I taking my pants off in here, especially in front of three? I just had Chris Hansen in my mind. You know what I mean? Like, excuse me, sir. What did you come here for? Like, I had like one of those. And I was like, I am not doing this. I cannot have sex on top of a pile of trash no. with a pile of trash. I can't do it. You cannot. I was terrified, bro. So what'd you do? I just kind of was like, you know, I, 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 well, here's the thing. Like, I knew I was in from out of town. Never going to see this person ever again. What's right, the matter? Right. right? So I just kind of made up some like elaborate, I need to go to the bathroom kind of lie. And she's like, I have a bathroom right down there. I was like, no. <laughs> and so sure enough, like I'm kind of like conjuring up this lie. And she goes, would you like something to drink? And I said, yeah. And she goes into the kitchen to get me something out of the fridge. And I ran right out of the front door, got in the car, and you could hear the tires like spinning out on the street. <laughs> but I will do on God, I will go to great lengths to get laid. But I'm not sleeping with a woman with three babies rolling around on the living room floor. It was one of the most disgusting things I've ever seen in my life. We have Canton Charge tickets for you. Sorry, I don't know why I told you that story. It's not pertinent to anything else we're going to do today. Wasn't important that you know that at all. Like, I have no idea why the hell I just wasted seven minutes of your time telling you that story. That's why I'm giving you charge tickets. Like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I brought your mood down with my horrible trying to get laid story. Here's Canton Charge Tickets, number 17, 1-800-243-7625 on those. Be right back. Start hour number three next. Hang on. Good morning. The Stansberry Show. Or the God of your choosing. Best morning ever! Kent's Rock Station. Rock 1069. 1069. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show. We're on Rock 1069. 
9.30, we'll pass out those Aussie tickets in the middle of New Tour Tuesday where you're getting new Chris Brown, new Timberlake featuring uh, Chris Stapleton, and new Andrew WK, all part of today's episode. I believe it is this coming weekend where Marvel has a new movie coming out called Black Panther. Mm-hmm. I read this morning that the numbers are estimated to be a $170 million opening weekend. Jeez. They say it's going to like blast opening like box office numbers. Like It's going to just crush through some stuff. I was going to say, that's got to be the biggest opening weekend ever. Right? I read, yo, I would think. I don't know the actual numbers, but it sounds like it would be to me. Um, it was about a week ago. I read um, a press release from Marvel that said, look, get ready. Just prepare yourself because we know people complain. This is the most political movie you're ever going to see. They said, we went out of our way to make a political movie. Okay, so there's that. It's also, um, there's really no way to say this, but it's probably the blackest movie you're going to see. Certainly the blackest of the Marvel movies. It's the blackest, um, yeah, superhero movie for sure. Right. Right. And so there's that. And so you're going to pull in. Lots of different groups there, so a lot of money's going to be raised. The nerds are going to want to see a Marvel movie anyway. Like, the comic book fans are going to want to see it. And uh, Fantone pointed out to me this morning, he was like, dude, he's like, now you add, you know, the average black audience on top of that, there's money to be made here, right? And I'm all for it. I have no interest in Black Panther, not because it's a political movie, not because it's like, oh my God, it's too many black people, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I just don't care about comic book movies. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think that's pretty fair to say that if you didn't enjoy the Avengers and you didn't enjoy the Guardians of the Galaxy, I don't know why you're going to be like, you know what, this the Black, black Panther, Panther movie is really going to be for me. Um, I, to me, and I, I, I'm not going to rush out to go see it in the theater first opening weekend because I don't like being in crowded theaters, um, but like... I'm excited to watch it. I don't know if I'm probably just going to wait for it to be on Netflix or HBO or something. But like, if my girlfriend's like, hey, we don't have anything going on tonight, she might be able to talk me into going and seeing that movie. Can, you, know you, look, I mean? can you look this up for me? I'm being told Deadpool holds the record for box office weekend at $150 million. I have to imagine one of the new Star Wars movies that came out recently beat $150 million. List of worldwide openings these are since 2002. Now, this is worldwide because I don't know if these are American numbers we're talking about. About our, okay. our world numbers, but the biggest opening weekend worldwide was in 2017 with 541 million dollars, and that goes to 150 has to be domestic. I that has to go to the fate, the fate of the Furious, the most recent Fast and the Furious movie. Wow, those are big franchise movies uh, I- worldwide too. Star Wars comes in at number two at 528 million. Jurassic World shortly behind that. One of the things you have to remember when it comes to gro- gross bo- box office numbers is movie tickets are more expensive now than they've ever been before. So that's really something that, like, is that is that tickets sold or is that money made? Do you know what I mean? I mean, every year the price goes up, I think. Right, you know what I mean? Something right. like that. So like, depending on where you are and that, that whole thing. So there's a lot going on with this movie, right? And there are a lot of people who feel like in Hollywood, like, about time, right? Got a black director, got a bunch of black actors in the movie, and it's more representative of, like, the actual community in which we live. There's people of color in this movie, and that's important, and I would agree with all of okay. those things, right? right? And I believe that that we do need to keep pushing this ball forward on this issue. Now, a big part of Black Panther, and obviously I have not seen the movie yet, but I think almost all of this movie takes place in Africa. I don't know how much political American... Well, I, I believe the actual country in which he, like from is fake right. because I know there was like a there was like a Newsweek article or whatever that says part of its appeal is that this country's never been colonized and people were pointing out well it's, it's fake real. so that's why <laughs> so quit virtue signaling and all that thing right and that's what we kind of want to talk about right now 
All right, because I've been look. I, I I knew this was going to be one of. And what do, I always say this about Twitter that one of the things that annoys me about it is it does feel like white people on Twitter use this particular social media platform to kind of like rush to be like, look, I'm the best white person there is, and. It's just an award I don't know why anybody would want to win. I, I, it's, just, it's very strange to me, right? So this movie is causing a bunch of this kind of stuff. And I only have two examples for you, but they are two examples that will sum up the rest of the examples you're going to be able to see online. Here's a woman who wrote, I carefully did not buy hashtag Black Panther tickets for opening weekend because I did not want to be the white person sucking black joy out of the theater. What's the appropriate day for me to buy tickets? Is next weekend okay? Like, no. This weekend's fine. Go see a movie. Go see a goddamn movie. Why are you putting this much thought into it? If you want to see it opening weekend, go see it. Here's another one. White people should not be, this is from a white person, white people should not be allowed to review Black Panther lest their innate racial bias subconsciously reflect in their reviewing. White people simply cannot be impartial. Person of color only please. And then he puts up like the black high five. You know what I mean? And it's like, guys, you're doing this wrong. You're doing this wrong. I, uh, yes, I mean, like, uh, do, what is the matter with people? Do do, do I think that like uh, there is a subconscious racism that comes along with being in this country? Sure, I buy into that. Does that mean that you can't review Black Panther? No, that's ridiculous. It's crazy. Uh, I mean, that that is, and and to and to be like, well, maybe I shouldn't go see this movie opening weekend, I, dude. Don't go, don't ever go see the movie or go see the movie eight million times. I don't care what you do. Um, but uh, yes, I I disagree with that line of thinking. That like, well, I'm gonna steal something from black people by going. And seeing it's this. it's just strange. It's like this is what happens when people trip over themselves to try to prove like how they're so progressive and so inclusive and all these other buzzwords that like and this is why as a guy who leans left, I've been taking a lot of issues with the left side of politics lately because it's just getting muddied by these fake non-existent cosmetic arguments that don't matter. I, I, I agree with you that it's like, dude, I, like I said, lady, I don't care if you go see it 800 times or if you don't go see it at all. It's a, it, To me, it's just like, I'm not going to let this stupid woman's opinion bring down what I think. You know what I'm saying? Like, all right, I, I, I understand that you can take things too far and not everyone does that. This one individual doesn't represent the entire left to me. It's... Uh, I mean, obviously no person can speak for an entire body of people, but do you got to admit that there, that the extreme left is flooded with people like that? And I said this the other day, and this is true. Democrat and liberal used to mean separate things. The liberal was the extreme version of a, the Democrat, but now if you're a Democrat, you're a liberal. Well, but I don't I don't view the worst of the right to be all people on the right. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm not going to look at the worst of uh, of the worst examples of the other side and be like, "Oh, pff, that's what you all are just by why I judge myself on my best intentions." Why uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, dude, there's wrong on all sides. Yes. So like, Yes, much like if you were on the right side of the aisle I'm not going to lump you in with Westboro Baptist. Right. Right. You know what exactly. I mean? Like, just because you're a conservative doesn't mean you're a Westboro Baptist. We do do that. Like the country does do that. Right. Now. And that's kind of what I think that like people that are common sense, people that are somewhere in the middle, people that are, are able to look at things and evaluate them independently instead of this is just how I feel about things. It's kind of how we have to start looking at all things. Like I agree. I, I, you know, it's no longer like, oh, well, you're the worst of this. Therefore, everyone is. This. It's just I know exactly where this dude lives. Right. 
he he lives in the newly gentrified what Brooklyn where they kicked all the poor people out, and now there's $17 omelets on the corner is and it- coffee shops. And, you, dude, even though you kicked all the poor black people out of your neighborhood, now you're going to pick up their cause on Twitter? Isn't gentrification, though, a pretty social justice warrior thing? If you're, I mean, like... I don't think so. You're kicking poor people out of their neighborhood and raising the rent to the point to where they can't live there anymore. I think a lot That's of not pe- social justice warrior. That's you pretending to be a social justice warrior and actually doing one of the most racist things you could do. I think a lot of people look at that and say, well, your neighborhood got better. I mean, a lot of people are going to say gentrification... You- can't say that because it's no longer their neighborhood. We took your neighborhood and turned it into something else. Your neighborhood didn't get better. You got They kicked the can down the street, and now you're looking for another place to live because you can't afford to live there. No, that's the least social justice warrior thing you could do is stealing somebody's neighborhood, but that's exactly where this dude is from. I can tell by his stupid hat and his glasses and his profile picture and everything. It's just people tripping over themselves to say, look, I'm one of the good ones. Where in reality, dude, you're doing more harm than good. If you want to go see a movie, go see a movie. And actually, dude, a listener of ours, Larry, pointed this out. He goes, I love this. White people are qualified to demand person of color only reviews, but not qualified enough to review the movie itself, which is a great, great point. Like, dude, if you're if you're making that statement that white people are unable to review a black movie without bias, then you're the wrong guy to tell me this because you are a white person. How do I know there's not your bias isn't coming into this? This is a this is crazy. Like this country is going through absolute madness right now. As a matter of fact, there's another guy on the other side of this. He's an African man. He actually moved here to this country and he's on the street and he's doing like this video and I'll try to find it and get it posted for you guys where he's talking about how Black Panther's not a black movie because ultimately it's owned by a white company and this and that. Meanwhile, dude, you got a black director and a pretty much an entirely black cast. I don't like what more do you really want? But he's trying to like wake black people up to like this cause and it's just like and luckily you go read the reviews and the comments of, of his video and it's just most of black America like lashing out at him going dude stop this is why these issues never get fixed is because when something does go our way you still want to point out what didn't and people were bringing up a good point which is what do you want you want Tyler Perry out there as Medea another 117 times basically like shucking and jiving or do you want a legitimate movie made from a comic book franchise that represents us in a well light and they are absolutely right and that was one of those times in life where I read the comment section and I actually felt better about the country I live in and I was actually relieved to see it's like oh dude like the fraction of these people that are this nuts is actually smaller than what's being portrayed online more Sansbury show on the way next hang on Welcome back to the Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. You're about a half hour away from a huge hour on the program. It's a new tour Tuesday coming up at 9 o'clock. Also send you out to Los Angeles for the 2018 iHeartRadio Music Awards. I wasn't sure. Is it Vegas, Vegas. or Angeles? Angeles, which one of us? And 9.30, we'll send you to see Ozzy out of Blossom in September. And I believe Stone Sour part of that as well. Yeah. We'll have those tickets for you. Those are beat the box office as uh, officially not on sale as of yet. Uh, we're waiting to find out the exact time, but Fantone will be at the new Raising Cane's location, and that is a week from Friday is when you're going to be there, right? Indeed. 
the press release says they open a week from today. The 20th is what I'm being told. Yeah, I believe I'll be out there that Friday uh, waiting on the official time. But, dude, I'm pretty excited about Raising Cane's. And I, I know there's I know there's a lot of people out there who uh, might not necessarily be familiar with it. A new restaurant opening up in the Belden Village area. Dressler, it's on right there. Um, and I've just heard a lot about this place. Never been there, but have heard, like, dude, it's the place to be. I uh, I really like it. It's um it, it it's a chicken fingers restaurant. They have like crinkle cut fries, mm-hmm. and I don't, dude. A lot of different places will give you Texas toast. Right. There's something about the piece of Texas toast that comes in raising canes that, dude, it's like unnaturally good. Really. Like there's something about it where it's like how like honestly when you take the first bite of that bread you're like how they do this, like how like no 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 what'd you do to this like how the hell did you make this this good. I, the bread's um, amazing. I, I I I heard about this place when it first was getting built, and one of my buddies was like, "Dude, you're gonna love it." And I'm like, "All right, well, what do they sell there?" And he's like, "Chicken fingers, French fries, coleslaw, and Texas toast." And I'm like, "All right, well, what else do they sell there?" That's it, and that's it, dude. That is literally all they sell. That's 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 what you can get there. Um, and at first I was like, "Well, dude, you gotta sell more stuff than that." But dude, the more and more hype I've seen around this place, the more and more like, dude, people are pumped about raising cane. Their theory, I'm guessing, I don't know, but their theory is. Instead of like a huge menu board of average, we're going to do three things and we're going to knock them all way out of the park right. to make them really good. Right. And, I, dude, I think more and more places should probably start to follow that system. I, uh, well, dude, yeah. I mean, how many times have you gone somewhere and just been like overwhelmed by the menu? Jeez, how like, many pages? Oh I don't even know what I want. I, uh, I, I can't wait. I'm very excited for this. Um, and it's I know, huge in Columbus. Like I, uh, the Buckeye crowd loves it. I know we've got some, uh, raising, raising Cane's gift cards to be given away soon. No, so, we don't. <laughs> all of a sudden fell off the back of the truck. <laughs> no, yes. Of course, we all will right. pass those out. All right. But, uh, next Friday. A week from Friday, I should say. A week from Friday, Fantone will be there. So this hit the news the other day, and I didn't really talk about it, and I've been trying to stay away from as much controversy radio as I possibly can. Because the world, honestly, these days has just really been bumming me out. Yeah, and it's a tough line for us, because we've talked about this before, where it seems so easy to go into a controversial subject, and like, oh, we'll just yell at each other for five minutes, and it's like, but is that really the best that we can do? I don't know. So so what, what do we got here? So there was apparently there was a school district, I forget exactly where, that was going to get rid of father-daughter dances because it's unfair to people who don't have dads. And if you're being raised by two moms and this and that. And so we had to get rid of these things for a very small portion of people, which I don't know if I necessarily like. I think, honestly, in the middle of the Me Too movement, that a dad taking his daughter to school and showing her how a gentleman handles those situations is probably really important. Also, maybe there should be a dad take your son to school and like do this kind of thing to show him how a gentleman handles himself in public and doesn't just like grope chicks. I feel like dads being involved in this kind of stuff is helpful. Where I feel like dads a lot of times, my dad used to complain about this all the time. You know, you win a Super Bowl. Thanks, mom. And like dad's like kind of like an afterthought, right? And it's like we are kind of conditioned to believe that dads are just infantile morons that if mom moved out of the house, he's going to like, you know, Mr. Mom it. And now I'm going to dry my baby's ass with the hand dryer because I don't know how to wash this thing. And men are just kind of painted in the corners as being morons. But how many dudes do you know that if their wife left them, wouldn't be able to do their laundry? All of them. A lot of them, dude. A lot of them. I I guess I take issue with it because I'm not one of these guys, but I do. I have a lot of friends who would have no idea how to iron a shirt or make themselves dinner if their wife left them. That is true. I'm not exaggerating. That that is legitimately true, and honestly, it makes me mad every time I see it because I'm like, dude, this poor woman is going to get fed up with you and she's going to leave. But there's another one of these now that doesn't make sense to me, and I don't know why a school would think that this is a good idea. 
This time in Utah, where a mom is super concerned and worried about what's going on in uh, her child's school, because she found out that at a school dance, that the school's rule is if you're asked to dance, you must say yes. That you do not have the option to say no to another student out of fear of hurting their feelings. That's crazy. This is crazy. Natalie Richard has a daughter in the sixth grade, right? This is in Weber County, Utah. She was shocked to hear that her child could not tell another student no if he or she asked her to dance at the upcoming event. She told her daughter that this was obviously a misunderstanding of the situation because that's not how it is. Turns out, finds out, no, that's what the school did. They set up a rule that you are not allowed to refuse another student who asks you to dance. A spokesperson for Weber School District told the news station that in an effort to promote kindness, the administration would like students to say yes when somebody asks you to dance. Now, this isn't asking you to the dance, you know, but, necessar- but if you're at the dance and somebody's asking you, you must dance with them. You must not say no. What if I have a, what if I, I mean, in sixth grade, I get it, but like, what if I have a boyfriend? You know what I mean? Like, what if I have a girlfriend? And it's like, now this chick's asking me, like, yo, can I dance with you? And I'm like, I, I, got, I, brought, I brought a date here. Well, not only that, but let's not pretend that sexual harassment doesn't start early in life sometimes. Yeah, I and, mean, sure. Right? And so and, now what? So some girl who's been victimized by something a boy says about being flat-chested or something like that now has to dance with that creepy boy? And, 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 and I mean, let's not act like... Asking and asking and asking doesn't turn into a form of harassment. I know a lot of dudes subscribe to the theory. Fair. Of, subscribe fair. to the theory of well, you know, ninety nine no's and one yes is still a yes. But it is like, a numbers game in dating, but you're in sixth grade. Well, right. right shouldn't right. be a numbers game in sixth grade, and it shouldn't be a numbers game up against one person. Where it's like, all right, if I just keep asking her out, how many times do I, I wear have to do down? It before, right. Before, how many times do I have to do before I do? Why would you want to go out with somebody you had to wear down? Somewhere along those lines, that goes from a request into harassment. For sure, it does. Like, this is crazy. This is crazy. And this is what I'm always talking about with my parents. My parents never shied away from their opportunity to parent me. Right? Now, look how I phrased that. In any, in any situation, they viewed it as an opportunity. Meaning it wasn't like, oh, my God, what am I going to say to my kid? I don't understand this. They would get excited about the fact like, oh, okay, this is where we parent. We'll sit them down. We'll teach them about the world. We'll explain to them why this is happening. It's an opportunity to shape this person into the adult we want them to be. And if you don't look at these situations like that, I question why you didn't buy condoms. I really, really do. Because it is an opportunity to parent your children. But just like you want to promote kindness and you must say yes, my parents would have told me we need to prepare you for a world that is going to reject you at every turn and this is one of those it's so counterproductive to the concept of kindness there where like i understand the theory of like well at this school nobody eats alone you know what i mean like okay i get that but i mean there's a romantic int- wildly different there, right there's romantic intention yeah. to dating you know what i mean like even at sixth grade there's like there's 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 a sexual aspect to that so by like forcing essentially somebody into that, it it just feels counterproductive. What are you doing teaching sixth grade girls that they shouldn't say no to a boy? Like, what happens in eighth grade, ninth grade, when it starts to be, you know, under the shirt, over the bra, and that kind of life like we all went through? What, she's now trained to not tell a boy no? What a stupid, stupid thing.
You, this is part of this thing now, though, where it's like everybody's rushing to be like, we're the nicest. And it's like, you no, know, you're the dumbest. Like, you are opening yourselves up for huge, huge problems here. Rejection is part of life. You will never scrub that out. You are going to be turned down by dating people. You are going to be turned down by jobs. You are going to be turned down by a lot of things. It's part of life. This is an opportunity for you to parent your child. You're not just the hall monitor that tells them when to go to bed. You are supposed to be ushering them into adult life. And I know, let kids be kids. Well, the problem is, we live in a world that's growing kids up faster than ever before, and it's true of every generation. Every generation, you start to grow up a little faster than the generation before you. There's no stopping that. The world's not going to stop spinning for you to keep your sixth grader as sixth grader. This is an opportunity. Don't dodge your parental opportunities. More Stansberry Show and bad news for Browns fans next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. That guy knows how to party. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show. We're on Rock 106.9. We're also online at WRQK.com. And we still have Ozzy Osbourne tickets to pass out at 9.30. Actually, that will be after we send you to Los Angeles for the 2018 iHeartRadio Music Awards. That'll be pretty cool. Go out to L.A. I know I've been selling it on, like, well, the weather will be good, but, dude, things are going to be, like, 50 degrees for, like, five days straight here or something like that. So it's not so cold for February. No. It's not, not L.A. warm. I was going to say, I mean, I'll, I'll take better, though. Yeah, I would take better, too. Uh, so I took a message via Facebook during the commercial break that has me feeling really happy and um, it's from an African American woman Brandy who wrote in and said look I stumbled across your show by complete accident today what I thought you were going to say it was the, it was, it was Miss Bad Bitch 2017 who was twerking outside here no I wish I wish maybe she was one of those I don't know I don't know but she says I stumbled across your show by complete accident today but I'm really glad I did she said, the conversation this morning about who's allowed to review Black Panther and the next follow-up conversation about how rejection is part of life, she's like, I'm going to be tuning into you more often. You guys are dope. And so I just responded. I said, hey, thanks for that. We appreciate you. Happy to have you on board. But that is refreshing to me, that somebody who does not have any previous history with the show, me, Fantone, or whatever, can come into a conversation, especially a person of color, hear us talking about Black Panther, and, and walk away feeling like they heard something they wanted to hear inside that conversation. That I, I don't know. For some reason, I don't know. That tickled me in the right way. Thanks for listening, Brandy. We appreciate it. Yeah, we you. appreciate it. Yeah. Having you on board. We like it. I date interracially, Brandy. <laughs> Your boy's willing to date interracially. Hit me up on that. Bad news for the Browns. Bad, bad news. Okay. According to uh, running it through like their filters and the like, that... Apparently, ESPN is claiming that the Cleveland Browns have the fifth hardest schedule for next year. Yeesh. That will not bode well. Will not. Um, I would say that anytime you have the fifth hardest schedule in a professional sport, you're going to have a tough way to go, but especially if you have zero clue on who your quarterback is. How How is that even acceptable or appropriate? I mean, the Browns lost every game last year. They lost 15 games the year prior to that. Isn't when they make the schedule, don't they wait out that like, hey, the best team should have the toughest schedules? That's normally how they do it, I believe. I don't know how we could fall into fifth. We'll play the Falcons at home, the Panthers at home. All right, here's your home opponents. Falcons. Loss. Yes. 
Panthers, which, by the way, as a guy who's kind of down on Cam Newton, been kind of down on Cam Newton, this will be Cam Newton's best year. They picked up Norv Turner as an offensive coordinator. If If he can't get it done with Norv Turner, then the Cam Newton experiment's over. If you can't get it done with Norv, it's over. So we're playing the Falcons at home, Panthers at home, Chiefs at home, Chargers, Jets, Steelers, Ravens, Cincinnati. You go away to Denver, Oakland, New Orleans, Tampa, Houston, Steelers, you know, Ravens, and and Bengals, obviously, is your in-division there. You play them both twice, once home, once away there. That schedule is tough, dude. The, The Falcons are a real team. The Panthers, despite my issues with Cam Newton, pretty good. I mean, they're not terrible. He's not the worst quarterback in the league. All these teams that we're we're, we're talking about right now are legit NFL franchises that uh, you know have 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 legit NFL players on them. So, like, dude, at, at, at this point, we're talking a fifteen and one season, an zero and sixteen season, and at best, I mean, this is being optimistic, a three and thirteen season, right? I mean, that's optimism coming out of me. I think the best you can do next year is four and twelve. The best you can do is the four and twelve. The best you can do is just four and twelve. Five sure. wins in three years on Hugh Jackson's head. Five wins in three years. How do you not fire the guy? I, I'm with you. I, I'm fine. I, I think he was a better coach than what his record shows. But if you want to throw record at me and say, dude, any other coach would be fired for this, I can't argue that. I don't have a good way to argue that away. I think what you're seeing is I think John Dorsey wants one more year. Well, he's in charge to kind of evaluate Hugh Jackson. And that he maybe feels like there's going to be more movement next year. He's probably tied in with people and knows there are going to be coaches who are on, like, you know, ground that's maybe not so safe. And that maybe he didn't feel like the coach he really wants was going to be available this year. So why do this again? Why reboot again with somebody you don't really want if we can wait it out and get the guy we want? I don't know. Maybe I, I don't know. I'm giving a lot of credit to John Dorsey there. Yeah, a lot of chains and butts in there. I am. But- I am. I'm giving a lot of credit to John Dorsey there. But if you have the fifth hardest schedule and you don't have a franchise quarterback, you are in for a rough year. You don't have a franchise quarterback and you have 73 picks in the draft, therefore 73 rookies walking onto your team. You have to keep that in perspective. Youth is good. I'm super glad the Cavaliers got younger. But when we're talking about bringing rookies into the equation, into a losing culture, I still maintain I don't think all those picks are going to turn into rookies. I think come draft time, you're going to see John Dorsey trade a lot of these picks away, and he's going to go get NFL bodies who would not come here in free agency and kind of like build you a team like that. Now, you can make the argument that if they wouldn't be willing to come here and they get traded here, are they going to be the player they were wherever they came from before? You can make that argument, and I, I can't argue that away. But I think that's what Dorsey will do, is he's going to trade a lot of these picks and find you guys who are already playing in the NFL. But again, I thought he was going to land Alex Smith, and he didn't. So, I mean, I guess I don't know. Oh, this is not a bad take here. This coming from D-Wing on Twitter, who says, Todd Haley will be your head coach by the bye week. I mean, dude, I was the guy last year that said people were going to be asking through the year when Greg Williams was going to take over and coach this team. So if that was my take last year, I can't necessarily argue. And I would say I'm a guy who believes in let's hire offensive coaches because it's an offensive league now and defensive coaches are devalued because you're not even allowed to play defense. That Todd Haley is the head coach by the bye week, not a terrible take. Fifth hardest schedule in the league next year. I understand that people are telling me they rotate divisions they play every year. I understand that. 
But they also do strength of schedule is also based on your previous year and how you performed. This is, dude, this is going to be bad. I think, I took, what did I say last year? That the over under in Vegas was four and a half. I said the half game made it a sucker bet, take the under. They ended up winning. Oh my God, they went winless. That's right, we had a parade. We had an effing parade for how terrible they are. And I said before last season, you use six quarterbacks, you're not going, you're not winning six games. Everybody told me, you're a hater. You're a hater. No, I'm realistic. They win. Maybe, yeah, Phantom's probably right. It's probably three and thirteen. Maybe that's optimism. That's optimism. I dude, I don't think a winless season's out of the question next year. I genuinely, I, dude, especially after last year. If you think they can't go zero and sixteen again, hold my beer. Wait, did you go? You go, dude. You know how hard it is to go winless. I, we, they just did it though. I know, but to do it twice. One in fifteen was pretty damn close, dude. They were on the cusp of it. This could this could be a trifecta of winless if it wasn't for that one. What was it? A field goal miss? God, dude, so bad, so bad. Somebody offered me fourth round. My, my buddy Brad offered me uh, Browns home opener, fourth row dog pound tickets. He's like, I can't go. You, he's like, you want these? Now he's asking me to buy them. Is what right, he's doing, right? right? And I haven't responded back yet because I'm like. Sloan is what we call Sloaner is uh, is what we call him is his last name. It's like Sloaner. I don't know, buddy. <laughs> I don't think I can do it, dude. Like I don't know if I want to waste the money. No, you don't want to waste the money. You don't want to waste the time. But the frustrating thing is, is like I do next year. I know I'm going to be sitting there Sunday afternoon watching the Browns like a loser. Can't say no to one. It's like asking me to do a sixth grade dance. You want to dance the Cleveland Browns? Say what am I supposed to do? Say no. Let me ask you this question, okay? And because this is, I think, a very interesting look into Matthew Fantone, the person. Yeah. Okay. You are an Ohio State hater. Despise them. You hate the Buckeyes. I hate them. Hate them. They're my least favorite team in the history of teams, the Ohio State Buckeyes. All sports. Not just sports. Everything. College, professional. I mean, dude, I hate them more than I hate the Golden State Warriors. Correct. Jesus Christ. Okay. And part of that is because you grew up and your brother and your dad were like Buckeye honks. Honks, dude. Just homers. I mean, just just scarlet and gray everywhere. Just and middle just, name of Munch. The, the, the Ohio State University. And I'm like, okay, I get it, dude. dude my brother hates when you go off on the Buckeyes. <laughs> hates it. He wants to turn you upside down. Doesn't matter how good they are. They could win 10 consecutive national championships. You're never going to be a I'll fan. I'll recognize the greatness, but I will still hate them. I will still despise them. I um. So my question is, how did you grow to hate the Ohio State Buckeyes, who occasionally win, and yet you are a Browns fan. And and, and, and it, it's a weird dynamic. I guess maybe there's a little bit of me that loves the underdog, and there, there there's always going to be that part of the story when it comes to the Browns, is that, like, that's why I keep watching, is because there is that part of me that's like, well, dude, if you just stick around a little bit longer, if you just stick around a little bit longer. But at this point, I laugh at the Browns, dude. I watch them. I'll watch a three-and-a-half-hour game rooting for them to lose, knowing that inevitably that sucker punch is coming up for me, and I, I almost enjoy it at this point. The amount of people who will message me on Sunday and be like, you need to kick that dude off the radio. He's no real Browns fan. He likes when they lose. I'm, like, I'm watching three and a half hours of the game. Yeah, they're bad. They're terrible. They're bad. People are, t- dude, I want those dog pound tickets. Uh, I'm not giving out my buddy Brad's phone number on the air. I think he would hate how that goes. Calm down, Dustin. 
That's funny. He was the first one. Of course he was. Our buddy Dustin is like the ultimate Browns fan. He's already calling the roadie 2018 happening. We're gonna have to uh, we're gonna have to get on on the road and go to a playoff game. Well, he here's says. what's crazy about that is that if they landed Alex Smith, I don't think it's crazy to think a road playoff game could happen. I do. I think Alex Smith probably leads to five six wins for you. Now you'd have to win a couple of other games on top of there to to make the road playoff game. But I don't think it's crazy, dude. If you had a franchise quarterback, I'm not sure it's crazy. I mean, look at, dude, Detroit, you know, they play in playoff games occasionally. So, yeah, who knows? Your opportunity at a trip to Los Angeles for the 2018 iHeartRadio Music Awards is next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. We may not be a global epidemic yet. On iHeartRadio. This is a dream come true. Canton's Rock Station. Rock 106.9. I know it's the, what is it, no more tours? Is what, I think, what they're calling I think, it? I'm guessing. I, I, I don't know. I, I saw him say that he's not retiring, but he's not going out on the road anymore. So it's like, dude, if you're an Aussie fan, this is your Go shot. This is, this is your opportunity here. I've, uh, I've been blessed. Got to meet Ozzy. Uh, met his daughter first, but then I got to meet Ozzy. That was like a huge moment for me growing up, a big fan. Uh, I saw some of the Black uh, Sabbath reunion shows. I got to see Ozzy uh, you know, before he like got a little older yeah um so i've been blessed but i will i want to see this because yes i'm a huge fan and i would like to see him before he's done i've seen ozzy multiple times but it was after he was older there's a part of me that's like damn dude i wish i could have seen it before i mean like don't get me wrong he was fine after the osborne it's not like the guy sucked up on stage but like man to have seen young ozzy i i kind of regret that i saw black sabbath reunite at the la coliseum oh dude it was so good good it was so good yeah they were amazing um, obviously, a, uh, a huge influence on my musical library was Ozzy Osbourne, is Ozzy Osbourne, I should say. So uh, 9.30, we'll make sure you guys can get to see that. We're about to start. Oh, before we do, yeah. before we do, Nathan tweets in, says, dude, I'm a big fan of Fantone. Okay. But he's got to stop saying he's a Browns fan. He's not. Why? You cannot be a fan and cheer for them to lose. He's like, I watch and I cheer for both the Patriots and the Golden State Warriors to lose all the time because I hate them. And that does not make me a fan of them. So, so by me watching them and and so you're watching games you don't want to watch. You're watching teams just to boo them. I still want the Browns to do well. I, deep down inside, I wish they were better. But I don't I, think you do. I'm, I'm, I, no, I'm not going to accept that you're not a fan. I'm, I, I I refuse to accept that. I feel like I've watched 80 plus percent of games in the past two years. If that doesn't make me a fan, I don't know what does. Okay, hold on. Let me argue it. All right, and I know we're supposed to start new tour Tuesday, but I want to argue whatever. Um. Take somebody who hates Donald Trump, but yet consumes every time he's on television, every time he tweets. They a fan? Are they Um, just paying attention? I feel like, no, at that point, there is at least something where you find it acceptable. If you're turning it off, that's when I think you can be like, all right, I no longer a fan. That, to me, if you've walked away from the Browns because they suck so bad, I feel like there's more more merit to questioning your fanhood there. But at the end of the day, why are we questioning each other's fanhoods? Why are we saying, no, you have to prove that I'm a Browns fan? Who cares? I watch the games. Okay, fair enough. I'm just I'm asking for clarification. Nate, I, don't, I, don't, I, I want them to do well. I do. I know they won't. That's a fair statement. That's a fair statement to make. Starting New Tour Tuesday with Chris Brown. Uh, his yeah. new song is Tempo. You know what? Actually, before we do this, yeah. this guy, he had a song that would have been a smash hit. Had he not smacked Rihanna around. Remember that song, Transform You? 
Sure. That song would have been a huge hit, but it came out right after like the, those those photos of Rihanna, and you could see his business had been negatively affected by that. Here's his new one, Tempo. Baby, I'm gonna switch this up. Those. Jeez, a lot yeah. of swearing. Have they switched up the tempo? I don't know. He keeps saying it, but I don't feel as if I'm hearing it. Yeah, I was going to say, you got to switch up that tempo, buddy. Is he talking about maybe the stroke of sex? Oh, 100%. That's what he's talking about. Oh, yeah, it's 100%. You know, Change the angle, change the tempo there. All right, all right. Is it maybe switch up the tempo of punches? Jeez. Maybe maybe is that what it is? Right. Jab, jab, hook. He should pull up to the kickback, smoke one with me one time. A lot of stuff going on in this song. A lot of sub vocals and I don't know what's happening. Yeah, is he the only one singing on it? Uh, there was a rapper at the beginning, but I think he's the only one singing at this point. Huh. Okay. Yeah, way too much stuff going on in this song. It's one of those things where too much is going on and yet not enough. Right, because nothing's all, happening. Because all I'm hearing is switch up the tempo. And this feels so, like, old and exhausted. It's like, Chris Brown, we get it. You like having sex, bro. And, like, I guess, you know, ACDC wrote the same song over and over again, so why wouldn't Chris Brown? Sure, but yeah. Everybody does that. But I, I do take your point. get to beat it up as a sex term like come on chris brown (laughs) oh my god i mean like oh my god see but here's the thing is i don't think chris brown necessarily cares at this point about like well what what are people going to think about this because it's like dude i'm already a white a woman beater you know what i mean like that ship has already sailed yeah you're never getting that stench off of you you're either you're either going to roll with me and you're going to ignore it or you're going to be against me and like I, i guess at that point why even worry about you know dude that was a good catch though i wouldn't have put that together there's a guy who just made a joke about him switching up his bug speed. You know what I want more than anything? What's that? I want the thought review. 
I want I because all these rappers and even rock stars, they all talk about their sexual prowess. Yeah. I would love more behind the scenes, like you know, groupie <laughs> tell alls of like, dude, Chris Brown can't beat it up at all. Well, I think the thing is, is you know, I, I don't think don't uh, do it to me, you dicks. That's what I was gonna say. Is I don't I, I don't think Chris Brown, you know, necessarily is gonna be as open about his Tinder escapades in Las Vegas as Stansberry is. You know what I mean? Cartoon smoke coming from the feet. Go ahead and get out of there. Douglas uh, via Twitter, not a fan. Says, turn it off, my head hurts. <laughs> you got another minute 15 of this, Doug. Why? Oh, we'll switch to the tempo. There, there it is. Finally. There's the switch of the tempo. Dude, these new rappers and like this, I know Chris Brown's not necessarily new. But this new version of like rap and like pop, they're kind of going 90s pickle in the mouth, Eddie Vedder, okay. can't understand a word we're saying, okay. and every song even flow. They're kind of going pickle in the mouth. You're not even finishing your words. Is it Migos? Is that who ruined all this? Well, mumble rap's the thing nowadays. Yeah, and it's not good. Migos is kind of, I think, at least the mainstream catalyst to that. that. Dude, that group is one of the most overrated musical artists I've ever heard. Yeah, they're not that good. They're not that good. They're not. But the thing I'm going to say about people who complain about new rap all the time is, like, the arguments you're making are the exact same arguments they made 30 years ago. About big rap talk. Yes, I I know. I know, but we're right. <laughs> All right, get off of my lawn. I'm a, yeah, All right, it's our lawn. There's the new Chris Brown tempo. Fantone, give me the boat there. It's a turn. I don't know what to say about that song other than it was terrible, man. That was not. That was bad. I really can't expand on that point all that much. I mean, we trashed it the entire way through it. It would be like, shocker, I liked it. No, I uh, uh, was not a fan. That song's a turd. It's a turd. We have new Timberlake featuring Chris Stapleton. That song is called Say Something. We'll give you that and also Ozzy tickets next on Rock 106.9. Your shot at a trip to our iHeartRadio Music Awards now. Text the keyword MUSIC to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and message rates apply. That's MUSIC to 200-200. On those, like, home speakers, like those, like, you know, the smart speakers people are buying, like Amazon Alexa and Google Assistant. Like, dude, the numbers would blow you away. Those things are flying off the shelves. And we always tell you, you can listen to us via, you know, the website, WRQK.com and iHeartRadio. But if you have an, you know, Amazon Alexa, you can just simply say, Alexa, play Rock 106.9. Alexa, wake me up every day at 7 a.m. by playing Rock 106.9. You can do that. Now, Google Assistant, very much the same thing. Just say, okay, Google, play Rock 106.9. I uh, I love my Google Assistant, dude. My Google Home. Like, oh, I forgot I, you got one of those. Genuinely love it. Like, wouldn't go back on it now. They weird me out. Like, I, I, I don't know if they're for me, but I it is an outlet to where you can hear us. And so I do like that. Making it easier to find us, listen to us, enjoy us. That I like. I'm not sure I want one in my living room. You bet your sweet ass. If it's a streaming device, iHeartRadio is going to do something with it. So, yeah, of course you can get it. And, I, I mean, I can't speak on Alexa. I can't speak on Siri or what, or, 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 or what the other one is. But I, I will say Google Assistant, Google Home. I That's love the one it. you have. I love it. And you like it. I'm a okay. big fan. All right. I, they kind of they, they scare me this is where my old i don't like the technology is coming out a little bit i'm not crazy about it all right uh we have aussie tickets we'll pass those out here momentarily uh we need to get through this new justin timberlake featuring chris stapleton song is called say something is this them just covering that song no okay 
That was that Frozen song, right? weird i don't know because we we were gonna we were gonna play this song and i'm like oh sansbury it's the country song and then i'm like wait no maybe it's the pop song oh wait no i i, I don't know which one this is which is a lot of country music these days uh, fair enough yeah. you know what i like about chris stapleton he ain't one of them bro country pop country singers but here he is with justin timberlake oh please dude if jason aldean had said i only need a roof when it's raining people would have been like that's bro country crap but ju- you know, but he sounds like he just OD'd on whiskey. So you're like, that's real. That's authentic. There's no such thing as real and authentic. Mm-hmm. Only need a roof when it's raining. Yeah. Okay. sing like legitimately they both can really sing oh no question about it man yeah they both have great voices good voices um and and, and musically talented dudes yeah chris can sing And you nailed it on the head when you said he looks like he overdosed on whiskey, dude. I mean, he looks like, sounds like, everything about it. I know what you mean saying there is no authenticity, but, like, he does ring very, like, like he was made out of leather or something, It's you know? like they did. They drove through Oklahoma. Some guy was <laughs> right. taking barbed wire and <laughs> nailing it to a fence, and they just threw a net around his ass. Like, Chris Stapleton is one of those guys, like, when he bought those jeans, they were dark blue. You know what I mean? <laughs> They're faded now, but they he bought them brand new. Tonight. I hear them call my name. Everybody says, say something, say something, say something, say something, say something, say something. I'll tell you what I find weird about it. I can't tell whose song it is. Meaning, it doesn't sound like Chris Stapleton, and eh, I got Justin Timberlake to do this, and it doesn't necessarily sound like Timberlake, eh, let me get Chris Stapleton because, you know, white people like that guy, let's get him in here. Like, it doesn't sound, it sounds to me like right down the middle of either one. I can't tell whose song or whose album it should be on.
weird. New Timberlake featuring Chris Stapleton. Say something. There's the there's the new Timberlake featuring Chris Stapleton. Say something. Phantom, give me the vote there. Eh, it's half a turn. Um, there were parts of that song I liked and I thought had real potential. I don't think they actually, actually lived up to that potential. So, like, it, it, to me, it's like there, and I guess maybe it's like a, a, or a uh, an album track, but if that's going to be the single, that just doesn't, it doesn't tickle my fancy, so I'm calling it a halfer. I wanted both guys to get out of each other's way. I would rather just hear a Chris Stapleton okay. version of that okay. song or just a Justin Timberlake version of that song. I think that song's a turd. It's a turd. We have Ozzy tickets. These are Beat the Box off. He's playing September at Blossom. Let's send you right now. We're going to take caller 35 at 1-800-243. Yeah, do you got to make it hard. 3-5. It's Ozzy. Take caller 35 at 1-800-243-7625 on those. Be right back. Close out the program and play you the new Andrew WK next on Rock 106.9. Toby Boys brought popcorn. The Stansberry Show. Because I'm about to put on a show. Rock 106.9. So if you went to Wadsworth, you probably know Randy. (laughs) Blow up his phone. Take me to Ozzy, man. Ruin his whole day. No, but he won tickets. We're, uh, we'll be giving them away the rest of this week. Also, multiple opportunities to send you out to Los Angeles for the 2018 iHeartRadio Music Awards. As a matter of fact, Teresa will get you hooked up with that again at 11 a.m. this morning. Nice. So stick around. Make sure you check her out. She's pretty good. All right. We uh, are nearing the end of New Tour Tuesday. Played you the new Chris Brown tempo. We both didn't really care for that. Sucked. And then we uh, we checked out the new Timberlake feature in Chris Stapleton. Say something. Fantone felt like half a turd. I voted turd on that. Just did not did not hear it. Would rather just have a Chris Stapleton solo version of that myself. And we have the new Andrew WK. This is called Music is Worth Living For. Andrew WK is a very inspirational person. Like, he's always telling people, like, just go out there and get it. He like, is a motivational speaker. Is he? Is that like? Well, no, but that's what he, I mean, but that's what he is. Like, he's kind of one of those, and he's always, he's kind of like, yeah, because I've heard him make statements of, party doesn't mean get drunk. It means take control of your life and push it uphill and get win, win the day, seize the day, whatever the hell the damn thing is. He is one of those. So annoying. Sounds like Volby. Mm-hmm. Well, Andrew, Volby can't get popular doing Volby. So, like, what are you doing? Jeez. A little darkness in there, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little darkness. Music 
I love music, but is music really like the thing where it's like, well, this is what gives my life meaning and like this is what the only thing that is worth living for? Oh, only is where you lost me. But I um Dude, music can save you, dude. It can. Like, if you're in a great mood and you need something to, like, kind of, you know, accent that, you go to music. If you're in a terrible mood and need to be pulled out of the dumps, music can do that. And it's interesting how, like, the same song can do one or the other depending on who you are. For different people, different situations and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, I feel like art as a whole, not, you know, exclusively to music right there, can have a positive impact in your life. What would you rather lose? Situational TV shows or music? Uh, if I was situational TV shows, so we're saying sitcoms. Uh, well, uh, you know, yeah, fine, like an hour long drama too. Okay, if I'm getting rid of television or music, weekly ah. TV shows versus music. What's I'd, going I'd, first? I'd probably have to get rid of TV shows before music. Now, isn't that crazy? This is what I find interesting about that is that television gives you multiple senses. There, you can see it, you can hear it. Right? There's this. Where music, you're just listening to it. And yet, I feel if I pulled most people, they would say they'd rather give up TV than music. I guess at that point, if I still have the option of like, well, I'll still have video entertainment, I'll still have movies, I'll still have the ability to do things like that, but it's like, you're taking all music away. That's a very big... Now, if you're saying I'm taking away all audio-visual entertainment from you, therefore no movies, no TV shows, no anything like that, I'm in a tougher position. Well, not only that, but what is your television and your movie scored by? Music. Like, they use music to make those, those visual things that much better. I could never live without music. I could never live without it. I think this is like anti-suicide. I mean, hey, no matter what, you've got something to live for. Yes, I think that I think that's probably in there. I wish I could hear him better. Yeah, I was gonna say I don't know if it's the mix or if it's the copy we downloaded. Maybe or, it's the copy we got. I don't. I don't know, but it does sound. The whole thing sounds off. I mean, the guitars build, so it sounds cool to me, where it's like, yeah, dude. The first part of the chorus, when he starts, when he breaks it, that part's cool. The rest of it's kind of falling flat. You know where the only place this song works for me? Where's that? Is at the show. Like, I don't want it in my car driving around. But at the show, I would get into this. I kind of like that part.
Jeez. It's new Andrew WK. Music is worth living for. New Andrew WK, music is worth living for. Fans, don't give me the vote there. Eh, it's mm. half a turn. Better than what I expected. I had low expectations on Andrew WK, but you're right. There was something about the song that just didn't ring for me, but I could see myself in the right situation being like, all right, man, let's drink beers and listen to that. So I feel I'm like I'm trying to find a way to be nice to Andrew WK. <laughs> you don't have to. And I'm not going to do it. That song was a complete turd. It's a turd. Before getting out of here, I do have some breaking news for you that I'm finding out from News Channel 5's Twitter account. Apparently in Lakemore Village, two people were injured and an officer involved shooting that happened Tuesday. Uh, Lakemore is uh, southeast of Akron, from what I'm reading here. Police did not say what prompted the shooting. According to authorities, the two individuals were shot by an officer. They were both taken to a nearby hospital for treatment. The officer himself was not hurt in the altercation. And again, yeah, they're saying 10 miles southeast of Akron. I don't know exactly where Lakemore is. No other details as of yet have been released. Least, but I would imagine that this will be turned into a big portion of our show tomorrow. But I just got that coming across now from News Channel 5. Wanted to pass it on so you guys were aware before we head out for the day. We are done. Teresa will give you your next shot at the 2018 iHeartRadio Music Awards. She will do so at 11 a.m. this morning. Uh, we'll be back at it live tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. on Rock 106.9. You guys have a great day. See you. The Stansberry Show. All right. I like it. I like it a lot. Rock 106.9.